Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Ansham at Synagogue in Chicago and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's portion of Vayishlach, Going to the Mat with Jacob, the lessons we can learn from wrestling. Did you uh, play uh, sports in junior high school or high school? Yeah, I was on the tennis team. I was... Uh... Not a big guy, so I stuck to the uh, the sports that had little contact and did not require height, neither height nor muscle. That's that was those were the key to my athletic career. <laughs> and uh, you had a mean serve, I take it? No, not really. Again, like the height and muscle would have helped in that department too. I played a couple of sports, and in junior high school, I was on the wrestling team. Oh, wow. I got it. Hard yeah, for me yeah. to picture, to be honest. Uh, just, well. Uh, I think it was hard for me to picture, too, because I wasn't very good at it. But um, part of the reason was because I hated it. I hated this. It's such a, uh intensely um, physical sport that you're really, like, touching, you know, holding. You're in the mat. You're pushing someone in the mat. I just found it to be unpleasant all the way around. <laughs> but why would you do it then? I'm always willing to give things a try. So I gave it a try and I, you know, I didn't walk away. I, you know, I finished the season and I couldn't even tell you what my wins and losses were. But I will tell you this, that the worst feeling in the world is to be pinned. Yeah. There's a sense of helplessness, like you can't move and you hear someone counting and then they kind of slap the mat and it's over. And you've got somebody's armpit or crotch in your face too, right? Well, that, yes, that that was that was <laughs> that was actually part of the sport that I really didn't appreciate either. I always kind of reflect a little bit on that whenever we come to the portion of Vayishlach because it's all about wrestling. But wrestling is is a really interesting sport because first of all, you have to have certain moves but you also use a person's body weight against the other person. There's all kinds of factors in wrestling that I think kind of teach you a whole variety of lessons in life. And I think that was really what, what um, happened in Jacob's life. That wrestling match made all the difference for him. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, I think of wrestling just as in terms of the word and not the sport. And I generally have positive connotations with it, despite the armpits and the crotches. You think of anything you're wrestling with is probably a good thing. Even if you're wrestling with a problem, uh, it means you're working on it and you're trying to get through it. And you were wrestling with something really unpleasant. And uh, Jacob and Esau are wrestling physically, uh, literally, but uh, they're also wrestling with, uh, with some bigger issues. It's interesting that you said Jacob and Esau, because we actually don't know who the mystery wrestling person is, a person comes upon him at night. Now, some mm. people think it was, some people, there's a whole variety of possibilities. Some people believe it's like the angel protecting Esau. Some people think it was Esau himself. Ibn Ezra, great uh, commentator, believes that it was an internal battle between within Jacob. It was his psyche. He was wrestling himself, that this was all going on in him. Does he want to go beyond the Jacob who runs away, Yaakov, who is the trickster? Does he want to become something different? And that's clear, you know, at the end of the wrestling match, because he's holding the other wrestler and the sun is coming out. So I guess we have the sense that this is some 
spirit or angelic being who doesn't want to be in the light. But um, Jacob holds on and says, I'm not going to let you go until you change my name. Right? And, and changing your name is changing your essence. So it's a very powerful story on so many levels. But Jacob had to stay in there. He had to wrestle. He had to deal with all the unpleasantness of wrestling and the sights and smells, as you pointed out numerous times now. But the, the <laughs> entire but the entire process. And he stays in there. He is victorious. And as you were saying before, it's really one of the most positive stories in the entire Torah. And the word Yisrael is interpreted by the Torah as the one who wrestled with God, Yisrael. So it's a really interesting story and a very powerful one. And the fact that the people of Israel are the people known for wrestling, I think has a lot to say. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that when you think about the identity of the Jews and when you think about the identity of Israel, I think we're wrestlers. I think we are people who struggle with with challenges. We're, we're people inclined to analyze and to push and to not accept things as we find them. Um, best case scenario, we're not wrestling with each other necessarily, although that happens plenty too. But you know, what's worse to be uh, obsessed with wrestling and to be, a, you know, engaged in conflict or to be idle and to accept things and uh, just, uh, you know, go through life without examining and without challenging? Well, I think that if you look at the history of the Jewish people, there were period, there have been periods, the biblical period, when Jews were actually physically involved in history. They were fighting wars. But after the destruction of the temple, they were also um, struggling in a different way. They were struggling intellectually. I think it's of note that you that the Talmud is all about dialectics. It's all about argumentation. It's about making the right argument. In a sense, it is a um, mental form of wrestling because the outside world was too dangerous, so the inside world is where we did our wrestling. But as part of Zionism was to become a new Jew, it was to be just to come out of that yeshiva setting and to work the land, to become a, a, a full person, as they would understand it. And here the wrestling theme continues. We wrestle. We wrestle with each other. We wrestle with the land. We struggle. We're a people that's not afraid of argumentation. And I believe that that is a positive and not a negative, as you said. Yeah. I mean, what is religion if not, you know, wrestling within yourself, with it, wrestling with your soul, looking within and trying to see what you can do better, how you can be better, how you can think uh, more deeply and more spiritually? It's all wrestling. I guess I, I'm wondering if the whole notion of wrestling is sort of lost. I mean, there's a lot of talking at each other, but engaging in a wrestling match, it means to engage. And I think part of part of what's happening in our life is that we don't engage. We sort of ignore, we speak about other people that we don't like or whose politics we don't like. We sort of brush them aside without a real engagement of ideas to get down and really have that conversation. As a result, we lose something. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I've been reading this book just for the last couple of months uh, called A Calendar of Wisdom by Tolstoy. 
And I'm fascinated by it because Tolstoy spent the last years of his life obsessed with finishing this book and then rewriting it over and over. And it's a calendar, basically. Uh, and every day is a different theme. And, you know, it's funny we find ourselves on this theme because this morning's um, reading from Tolstoy was about um, how your enemies can be more useful to you your friend, than your friends. Because by engaging with your enemies, you learn things about yourself. And the point was, you know, don't ignore the opinions of your enemies, give them some thought and reflect on where they come from. And that's wrestling too, I think. That's exactly right. I mean, do you ever have a heated conversation with somebody and then someone says, all right, let's stop for a minute. Can you articulate my argument? Give both sides the opportunity to articulate the other person's argument. Yeah, that sounds like marriage counseling. I think that it all it could be, I guess. But um, I also think it is a very good practice when you are feeling like things are heating up. I said, wait a minute. Just wait a second. I'm going to tell you your argument. You tell me my argument. Mm -hmm. And then we'll, you know, let's see how it works. And let's see where it goes. That's a very interesting exercise, right? I mean, and it's anathema in our own society. I mean, you would you say, well, if you were having a argument with, you know, if a someone who is um, pro-life and the other person is pro-choice, right? And you you say, well, let's you tell me my argument, and you tell and the other person, we we kind of categorize people as opposed to talk with them. We talk at them, and I'm not suggesting that we not continue to work at legislation, et cetera, et, et cetera, and protect uh, women's reproductive rights. I'm talking simply just come from an 30,000 feet and looking at it and wondering aloud, could we even imagine that kind of wrestling match, to have that argument? Yeah, that's right. I think it's exactly what Tolstoy is saying, uh, that, you know, you become stronger by observing the strengths of your opponent, by considering uh, your enemy's arguments, by considering, you know, why others are so stubbornly in opposition to you. And, and I, I suspect that you'll tell me that some of that comes through in the actual uh, sport of wrestling. You need to recognize your opponent's strengths in order to figure out their weaknesses. You know, it's interesting that Greek culture elevated both wrestling and rhetoric. They weren't afraid to get into the wrestling ring or pit or whatever it was. And they weren't afraid to get into the, the pit of the rhetorical arts. There are similarities there that I think that they appreciated and they were fearless about it. I think that they created a society worthy of emulation, the fact that we continue to talk about Greek society and in most circles, at least, talk about the, uh, the platonic method, etc., which is a form of wrestling. It's a form of engagement, deep engagement, hard engagement, hard conversations, right? And kind of coming back again to your training, but you're doing a different kind of training. And I fear that some of that's been lost in our society, that we're not willing to talk to other people. You wear the wrong hat, you have, you have the wrong hairstyle, you whatever, you, you sort of have marked yourself in a particular camp, and that makes you unworthy of a conversation. Yeah, that's right. We're definitely living in times where there's not a lot of tolerance for difference of opinion. And um, the thing I like about the wrestling metaphor is that, you know, you go all out, you 
you give everything you've got to defeat your opponent, but then you shake hands at the end and you, you know, there's some respect for having engaged with each other at this um, really intimate, physical, <laughs> smelly level. And then um, you maybe even a greater appreciation for that opponent when you're done. And, and there's no reason that can't be true for our philosophical and political and religious arguments too. Well, yeah. And here's the thing, Jacob, when he's finished with the match, he limps and he he limps away. In other words, he doesn't walk away as a sort of conquering hero, right? Flexing his muscles. He was in it. It was a very hard match and a hard fought match. And as a result, he limps away. And he, I think he keeps that limp for his entire life. In other words, he's marred by it. So I think when you go into the wrestling arena, it's not always pleasant and it hurts sometimes and it's angering and it brings, you know, brings all kinds of things out. But unless you're willing to go in there, you're not going to discover I and then going back to Tolstoy or Jacob, we're not going to find out, you know, who we are or learn the lessons that others can teach us. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the, uh, I give you all the more credit for engaging in wrestling in high school. You know, I, no. I wish I had been that wise. Oh, yeah. I don't want to leave the conversation because something's bothering me. What strikes me about Tolstoy is that he deems to call people enemies, mm -hmm. right? Instead of, you know, interlocular, you know, he, well, there are other ways to talk about opponents, but to call them enemies is a very harsh term and almost kind of marks them in a way that, why would I want to talk to my enemy? My enemy means me harm. Yeah. Is it realistic that, look, let's face it, we have enemies, the, you know, Israel has enemies or is it, or is it, is it cynical? I don't know. I, I think there are boundaries. There's no question about it. I'm not going to sit down and try to have a conversation with a Holocaust denier. I'm simply not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that there are boundaries and, and I don't think a person of color should have, sit down and have some sort of conversation with someone from the Ku Klux Klan. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. Th I think there are boundaries, but there is so much in the middle that we're missing. There's just so much in the middle. To be able to articulate the other side's argument is a very important thing to do. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Rabbi.